George Kritikos here to talk to you about the Player Raider podcast. Along with co-host Ryan McDowell, we leverage the DLF player valuation tools and help inform you on your dynasty roster strategies. Whether you're joining a new startup, rebuilding a team, or maybe you're just not quite at contention level yet, we help you understand player values and how to really drive your team forward as dynasty owners. Tune in and enjoy the show. Listening to the DLF Dynasty Podcast, where there is no off season. Welcome back to another episode of the DLF Dynasty Podcast. I'm your host again this week, Matt Price, here with my buddies Dan Myler and Ryan McDowell. As always, Ryan, how are you doing this week? How was your week six? Week six was good. Got a few wins, and uh, week six for me also began my fall break. So I've got a couple weeks off. I'm doing really well. <laughs> What? Some nonsense. <laughs> Dan, how about you, buddy? How are you? Uh, are you uh, uh, alive after that comeback win by the yes. Packers last night? Uh, you know that was super good for me. I have Devonte Adams all over the place, and that touchdown at the end came back in four leagues on that catch. That last catch was four w- losses turned into wins because of Tay. So I'm, I'm in good shape. That's a good turnaround. And we actually have a guest tonight, you guys. We have Adam Iser, host of the CBS Sports Fantasy Football Today podcast. Adam, how you doing, buddy? Good to have you. What's up, guys? Uh, week six was bad for me. It was my worst week yet. I even lost in our Dynasty League for the first time, so you know it was a bad week. <laughs> Only by like three points, right? I know. You still scored like 180-whatever points and had a short loss there. Yeah, it was a cl- I, I think I, I played against Sony Michelle and Saquon Barkley, which was uh, apparently better than my Todd Gurley Melvin Gordon combo. So <laughs> tough loss, but we'll bounce back this week. Yeah, speaking of that league, uh, one of the reasons why we have Adam on today is to talk a little bit about CBS and, and how they are kind of gearing up for for to, to kind of offer a new product to, to dynasty leaguers. Typically, we play on my fantasy league, but it's always good to have options out there. And CBS is definitely making an effort to make their site more dynasty friendly, Adam. So tell us a little bit about what CBS is doing to make their platform a little bit better for dynasty owners in the future. Sure. Well, first of all, I think you're going to see a lot more content centered around dynasty. I know, you know, like Heath Cummings in the offseason does a lot of dynasty stuff. After the NFL draft, we have Dave, Jamie and Heath all doing rookie rankings and things like that. So that's part one. And then just in terms of the actual product, you know, you can trade draft picks, I think, up to three years in advance. Um, you can do rookie drafts, of course, you know, multiple drafts in the same year for your leagues. Uh, and it's just they're making the app a lot better. The in-app commission tools are, are a lot better. We're very receptive. I think uh, we knew that we had to get into the dynasty market a little bit. So we want people there. And uh, I, I think they've done a really good job. I, you guys, I actually have another dynasty league. It's on my fantasy league as well. They do a great job as well. But I'm, I'm really happy that CBS is stepping up its game and, and that we're, we're in this market because uh, – Dynasty is really fun, and I think fantasy is just going to keep evolving. I, I feel like two quarterback leagues slash super flex leagues, they're going to be like the norm in a few years, and dynasty will be right behind that where, where the, real, the real players are, are doing dynasty and, and super flex, which is what ours is. Yeah, absolutely. 
Let's talk a little bit about that league, Adam, and, and, and uh, how you're doing in there. You mentioned you lost for the first time this week. You're sitting at 5-1, and one, sitting pretty pretty nice there at the top of the division. I think I'm in second or third in your division as well at 4-2. and two. Dan and Ryan at 5-1 and one as well. Um, so talk a little bit about what your strategy was during this startup, and, and is that how you typically play Dynasty? I wouldn't say I have a typical way of playing Dynasty because this was only my second year or second league, and um, I, I don't love my other league because there's not a, there's hardly any trading going on, and uh, you're pretty much stuck with the roster you've got. Mine is very mediocre, so I never win and I never get the best pick. So I'm always like making the playoffs, losing in the first round. I'm always stuck in in uh, purgatory basically. But this year, I actually had a really interesting situation. I had the sixth pick. And I traded up. I can't remember what I traded, but I traded up to get the first overall pick in this startup dynasty draft. And I'm sitting there like, gosh, do I take Saquon Barkley or Todd Gurley? And Barkley has been so much better than I ever could have imagined. He is incredible. And I think if I could go back in time knowing what I know now, I probably would take Barkley. But I took Gurley. Can't really regret it. I think he's going to be a stud for years. The ironic thing is Barkley fell to fifth. I thought Barkley would be second. So I almost could have gotten him if I had just stayed at six. But, you know, I made the trade. I got Gurley. And then I took Melvin Gordon in the second round. So I know a lot of people like, you know, to favor wide receivers in Dynasty because they more longevity, and I get that. Um, I wouldn't say I had a strategy, but I knew I was going to take at least one running back with my first two picks. Obviously, I knew I, was, I traded up to one. I knew I was going to take Todd Gurley in PPR. Like, the guy is just incredible. So I'm riding his coattails, and I was lucky that Gordon fell to me where he did. Um and then I think I have a good mix of, of some young – like I have Michael Gallup and I have Hayden Hurst, and hopefully they'll pay off. They're not going to do anything for me this year. I think, I, you know, you got a guy like T.Y. Hilton. I still think he has four good years left. And then, of course, I have like Larry Fitzgerald. So that didn't work out. But I think it's a good mix, and so far I'm happy with the team. I was going to talk more trash, but then I realized that I'm not actually the points leader. Uh, that would be Ryan and Dan. They actually are the points leader, I believe, in this league. So I can't talk as much trash as I thought. <laughs> yeah, I was uh, I, that that Melvin Gordon pick has haunted me because that's who I was going to take there, and it is a super flex league, like you mentioned. And I was shocked that there were no quarterbacks off the board because in dynasty super flex, typically we see at least a few of them go off in the first round. And when Aaron Rodgers was sitting there for with my pick at I think it was like two oh six, two oh seven, whatever it was, like I, I just had to take him instead. And it I mean, don't get me wrong, I'm glad to have Aaron Rodgers on my team, but the way Gordon has been playing is definitely uh, made me made me miss that pick a little bit. Let me ask you another question here, Adam, before we get into some news about this particular league. So you're sitting at five and one, probably a lock for the playoffs at this point. What kind of moves do you think you might be looking to make to kind of stay ahead of the pack there? Are you just going to kind of let it let it run its course? Well, you know how it is. I, I'm in 10 leagues. You guys are probably in more than that. Yeah. It, you know, I talk all the time on, on my podcast on Fantasy Football Today about trades, trades. They're, they really are, to me, the best part of fantasy. I love trades. Of course, I don't make nearly as many as I'd like because it's just hard uh, with so many teams. And in this particular league, I don't really know you guys. So, I, <laughs> I, you know, I'll try to rip you guys off, but I don't know who the easy targets are. It's Matt. Um, I think it's Matt. Yeah. <laughs> hey, 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 hey. <laughs> All right, good to know, good to know. Um, I, uh, I got to get a tight end. You know, I'm dealing with, uh, w- with Jeff Swaim right now who's getting a ton of playing time but um, doesn't really get you much stats. So, if people are giving up on Jordan Reed, maybe I'll take a, take a look at Jordan Reed. Um, 
I, I got to see. I think the the logical thing for me to do is look at the Gronkowski owner in Dynasty and and see it, how that Gronkowski owner is doing. And I apologize for not looking into that before the podcast, but. Um, I think that's the logical place because I could see people panicking on Gronk. I don't think Dan and Ryan are going <laughs> to. Oh, do you guys have Gronk? <laughs> All right. Well, you could, you know, if after I beat you this week. Oh, oh to, uh, throwing stones. And two or five and two. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever it is. Um, I got to upgrade tight end and I could use some, some wide receivers. I, I think right now I'm, I'm willing to just let it play out a little bit. Uh, somebody last week offered me. Marlon, I my Marlon Mack for a future draft pick, and I I kind of like Marlon Mack, and right now it looks like I made the right call, staying put. Let's see what he can do. So I, I like my team. I think I have a chance to win with Gordon and Gurley leading the way, um, and uh, I'll probably I'll probably stay put. Maybe look to upgrade a tight end. We all need upgrades at tight end, of course, and, and, and fantasy and, and, and dynasty too, of course. Let's move into some news here, guys. Today, kind of a bombshell dropped on me, especially since I just made a trade for him in this particular league and own a fair amount of him in other leagues. Devonta Freeman is undergoing surgery to his groin, sent to the IR, eligible to return week 15 versus the Cardinals. So that leaves Tevin Coleman and Ido Smith kind of locking up that backfield. Tevin Coleman, to me, you guys, has been a little bit disappointing with this starter role that he's acquired here. In week two, he was fine, running back 12 overall, running back one there. Week three, all the way down to running back 22. Week four, running back 26. Week six, last week, running back 22. So he's been, you know, he's been a running back two, which is fine. But I think compared to what we've seen from him in the, in the, in the past and what we've expected for, uh, for him next year when he becomes a free agent, this is a little bit disappointing. Ido Smith has vultured a few touchdowns there and has looked good. Um, so, Ryan, I'll throw this to you first. What are you doing with Tevin Coleman? Are you going to ride him out here or, or maybe look to sell based on maybe on name value more so than what he's doing production-wise right now? Yeah, I'm not, I'm not ready to sell Tevin Coleman. I, I agree. I've, I've been disappointed with him. With Freeman out, he, he, he looked like he would just be an automatic starter. And as you mentioned, his, his finishes over the past few weeks, he, he hasn't really given us much at all. Uh, but the story with him, of course, in the offseason was his impending free agency, and, and that's why dynasty owners were chasing him. The Falcons are going to continue to do this. They're going to use all of their running backs, essentially, and, and now that's down to two, Coleman and, and Ito Smith. And it's, it's not going to be quite a, a 50-50 split, but it's going to be close. Ito Smith will see 40, uh, 40% of the touches or so, and, or of the snaps, I should say. And, and I think what we've seen from Coleman is pretty much what we're going to, to get the rest of the year. But uh, he, is, uh, he is headed for free agency, and, and we just have to hope and, and maybe even assume that he's going to land in a nice spot. So um, honestly, he's a hold for me. I'm I'm not going to go out and buy more because I don't think we're going to get a, a ton of great production this year, but uh, still looking forward to 2019 and beyond. You know, I think that if, if, if you would have told most dynasty owners before the season that Devonta Freeman was going to go out in week one early and then go out in week two early for a long, prolonged stretch and then at some point go onto IR – most dynasty owners would have said, wow, Tevin Coleman is probably a top 10 running back then. So the expectations were super high. And, I, I you know, those numbers that you said there, Matt, uh, open a lot of people's eyes. But it's not like he's been a colossal disappointment. I know he, he had that rough game against the Saints 
but got bailed out by a touchdown. Uh, that game against Pittsburgh was was ugly. But that offensive line hasn't been strong all year. It's not just Tevin Coleman. I think dynasty owners everywhere would be wise to look at that entire situation. Um, you know, like Ryan mentioned, Ito Smith is grabbing a few touchdowns here, but his numbers don't look all that good either. It, that running game hasn't been on track all season. It's not just because of Tevin Coleman. It's a, it's that offense as a whole. And to be honest, that defense is affecting things as well. They're giving up points. That team has to throw the football a lot. And, and Coleman has been a part of that, I guess, but maybe not as much as we maybe expected. So uh, I'm just as excited about Coleman as I was before the season. If anything, this created more of a buying window for me, honestly. You mentioned the CBS League. We actually have Tevin Coleman, and we're, we're gladly putting him in our starting lineup every week, waiting for that breakout, and it's coming, I believe. Yeah, I'm I'm less enthusiastic with you guys, I guess. I think I, I get the strategy of, of rolling the dice and waiting until he hits free agency next year, but I don't think you're going to get much more than a mid-first anyway at that point. And maybe I'm wrong about that, but if I can get a mid-first now, I'm going to go ahead and take that right right now for Tevin Coleman. Of course, if I'm competing, then, then things are maybe a little bit differently, different, but I, I don't know, man. He has He's had that one game in week two, 16 carries, 107 yards, uh, the rest of the rest of the, uh, the games so far this year, he hasn't broke fifty yard, fifty one yards really. So uh, I just I'm not I'm not really that excited about him going forward. Adam, your thoughts on this situation in Atlanta? I'm actually kind of optimistic about him. Uh, I would say that you look at his schedule, and he had one one good game on a per carry basis. It was against Carolina. They haven't been very good against the run, but every other team he's faced except for Cincinnati is giving up, I think, is allowing like 3.6 yards per carry or fewer to running back. So he's actually had somewhat of a gauntlet. Like Tampa Bay's run defense isn't that bad. New Orleans' run defense is awesome. Philadelphia's run defense is awesome. The Bengals were a better matchup. He could have done a little better there. The, the Steelers have a good, uh, good run defense as well, at least in terms of yards per carry allowed to running backs. Unfortunately, it, he doesn't have a great schedule going forward, but I, I believe in Tevin Coleman. Um, I think that he'll get enough touches. I think that Edo Smith scoring a rushing touchdown on three straight games is a fluke. And I, I'm kind of uh, – I think it was Dan who said he's, a, he's got a, kind of a buy window right now. I, I agree with that viewpoint. See, I, I guess I feel the opposite. I feel like people are saying, oh, Freeman's out, then, then Coleman's the guy. So it's going to be harder to buy him than it would be to sell him right here. But we'll see about Maybe. that. Let's move on to the Raiders. We'll go right back to you first here, Adam. Amari Cooper reportedly on the trade block. The Raiders want a first-round pick. I personally don't see that any team paying a first-round <laughs> pick for him right now based on the production, but people that have dug into the stats a little bit more, we know that he's been you know, fairly efficient this year. He just really isn't seeing the targets there in Oakland. I am excited for Cooper to go somewhere else. What do you think about this situation? I hope he goes somewhere else. Uh, they have a pretty boring offense. They don't really throw the ball downfield. And when, I, when Gruden was hired, I said on, on our show, um, bold prediction. Oakland will be a fantasy wasteland. I did not believe at all in John Gruden, and I don't know that a lot of people did, so I don't want to take too much credit for it, but he stinks. He's, he's been away too long, and, like, it, it's, a, it's a mess. Their line hasn't been good. Um, I hope he goes somewhere else. There's no way they're getting a – that's ridiculous. They're obviously not getting a first-round pick for him, and I would like to say I have made the wrong decision uh, six out of six times with Amari Cooper. I started him four times. And he had 17 or fewer yards in all four of those games. I sat him twice, 
and he went over 100 yards in both of those games. So you probably shouldn't ask me about Amari Cooper because I have no idea what to do with this guy. Or, or we should ask you and do the opposite, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's what I was thinking. Exactly. I wasn't willing exactly. to say it. <laughs> no, go for it, yeah. Dan, just for just for fun, where do you where would you like to see Cooper end up here? Oh man, There's a lot of teams just, I think that have good give me options. a quarterback that can get him the football. You know, the list is pretty long, really. There, there's a half a dozen or eight or ten. Do you have a favorite? Uh, give me a well, favorite. Well, you know, the thing you always hear is New England. That that's always the the spot Stop that it. everybody says. Stop it. You know, go Stop play it. with Tom Brady. So if I had a favorite, I I would sidestep that completely and say. Send him to Green Bay and let him play with Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> Stop it. Ryan, Ryan, can I get a serious answer out of you? Uh, no, not really. I don't have a favorite either. <laughs> you know, because the one, to interrupt here, because Ryan any, doesn't any have anything of worthwhile to say. Uh, the one I heard the other day was Dallas. And, you know, Dallas has been starving for a, that big wideout that can catch the ball and go over the top because they, they've never had one, apparently, and they, they don't let any of those guys go. Uh, and, and I really feel like all the teams that I see, I kind of roll my eyes at like, really, is that that much better than Derek Carr and the Oakland offense? So unless he's going somewhere with an elite quarterback, I don't think it drastically affects his dynasty value. I'm, I'm telling you, I want to see him go to the Colts. That's where I want to see him. Play with Andrew. Oh, I know you guys yeah. are not buying back into Andrew Luck right now, but I, I am, and I think that's a perfect spot. I would be then. Yeah, I'd be fine with that. <laughs> uh, there is, I like that spot. I like the Niners quite a bit. You know, maybe not so much this year with Bethard, although Bethard looked great last yeah. night. I mean, or either that or the Green Bay's defense is just that terrible, one of the both two. Ladder. Um yeah, both. Yeah, both. And the Browns, maybe the Browns. I mean, they still need to add more weapons there. I know Landry's there. I know they got Njoku, all those guys. But they need that secondary receiver. Uh, you know, uh, after Gordon left, they, they thought it was maybe going to be Callaway. Uh, but that hasn't really worked out so far. Uh, Adam, any other thoughts on this situation before we move on? Yeah, I just think it's time that – I'm sure Dynasty owners have done it at this point, but it's just time to accept that Amari Cooper is Ooh, not the player Ooh, you can't that say that on this podcast. You better Ryan be careful. Here. You're talking to Ryan now. Anything he's, for Amari here. Except absolutely for, not. Absolutely not. He just you – know, not a star. He's not a star. I thought he would be, but he's not a star. <laughs> yeah, the, uh, the truth hurts sometimes. Oh, there we go. Finally a step back from McDowell on Amari Cooper. Nope. The step back happened when he traded traded him to me for Landry. So true. Yeah, that had that Anyhow, hasn't worked out so well either. <laughs> not not yet, but I think it will. Uh, okay, let's talk uh, let's talk rookie report card real quick. Ryan or sorry, Dan, uh, this is your other weekly piece that you put out for DLF this week. You have on there Damian Ratley, who I had to go and look up to see who he oh. even was. I looked in the in Matt Walbin's RSP. He's not even in the pre-draft RSP. So talk to us about Damian Ratley, six for eight for yeah, eighty two so yards. Yeah, so Ratley's an interesting guy because I actually Ryan, you probably do too because you you're Devi guy, and of course you watch Christian Kirk and things like that. And he was the other tall, skinny receiver that could make plays down the field and kind of had a nice senior year. And it was it's kind of a crazy story. It'll give away a little bit of the article, I guess, but. Sunday morning, I'm, I'm watching, flipping through channels, some of the NFL channels, and all of a sudden, Chris Mortensen's on the screen, and he's talking about his sleeper of the week, and it's Damian Ratley, and it triggered in my mind, like, oh, I remember that guy, sure. Didn't even know when, when he was drafted, or, or I knew he landed with the, with the Browns, thought he was an undrafted free agent. Turns out he was drafted in the sixth round, he was 
inactive for the first few weeks or, or four of the first or three of the first five weeks. And he was going to have a role, Mort said. And I rolled my eyes. I did not go to all my kitchen sink <laughs> leagues and all those deep leagues that I'm in with 30-man rosters where I have an easy drop for Damian Ratley. Uh, ignored it completely, and it turns out I was a fool. I want to know from you guys, and Adam, I guess we'll bring you in first. What do you think of this Ratley guy? Does he have a role going forward, and is he somebody you want on your dynasty rosters? Sure, yeah. I mean, I, I put in a in a claim for him uh, in our league. Um, how much did you bid, Adam, so I know how much uh, to bid? Okay, so I'm glad you asked. <laughs> um, here, I'm such a great fantasy owner. I am so embarrassed to admit I had no idea this was a fab <laughs> league. I have 100% of our fab left. I have not made one bid of more than $0 all year long. I'm looking at that. What, this is a fab league? Did they change the settings? <laughs> I had no idea. Um, so not that much for him, um, by the way. But, uh, well, we got him for sure. Yeah, I, I'd rather, I mean. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I, I guess I'm interested in him. I don't know. Um, I, I think Callaway has a ton of talent, and he gets targets. And he just needs to put it together. So he's a guy in Dynasty that I, I think could have value going forward. I, I don't know about right now. But their schedule is incredible for the next four or five weeks. And anyone in that offense, I think that uh, Jarvis Landry, by the way, the best buy low in, in fantasy right now. But anyone in that offense is relevant just because of the schedule. Ryan, I, when I looked at Ratley and, and watched what he did, the 82 yards, he nearly scored. And I, I honestly, I think if he'd have scored a touch, if he'd have landed in the end zone there, dynasty owners would be, be even more excited about his upside and, and putting those fab bids on him when as, as i'm watching that all i'm thinking is at this point in the season in the leagues we play in ryan we play in deep leagues it's hard to find any kind of production is ratley the kind of player that you're willing to put a big bid on just because there's likely nothing else that comes out there yeah and those deeper leagues like you mentioned some of our leagues that do have uh, 30 man rosters yeah it's it's tough to to find anybody relevant on the waiver wire. And, and when a guy pops like this and he is a rookie in, in what we consider a, a pretty interesting offense at, at the very least, then yeah, he, he has some value. I mean, to me, he has value not only because of some of the, the things that Adam mentioned, but also the injuries that they're dealing with. Uh, I think, I think Higgins is, uh, is done for a couple weeks at least. And then, I mean, you look at Callaway, gosh, he, he does have talent. I mean, I, you heard through that whole pre-draft process that he was the most talented receiver in the class and, and things like that. And, and, and I buy into some of that, but he's, he's been really bad, really, really bad. Uh, I think our, our buddy Rich Rebar, who lives up that way and, and gets plenty of Cleveland uh, news, called him the worst receiver he's seen play this year. So... I mean, he, he's been bad. He he had uh, what? He had ten targets on Sunday and caught two of them. Ten. Uh, yeah. Land, nine Landry was nearly as bad. So, I mean, Ratley saw fewer targets, but he caught almost all of them. Um, yeah, I'm gonna. I'm, I'll be bidding on him. Yeah, I'm bidding as well, Matt. I'll bring you into the conversation. You know that you mentioned that the Browns they're looking for playmakers. So And they're willing to look on their practice squad or those guys that have been inactive here. Obviously, reporters and people around the Browns knew that Ratley was in the game plan and, and that they were trying to get him involved because if it got to Chris Mortensen, 
it was out. People people knew at least around that organization. I'm bidding on Ratley, and I'm I'm a believer that anybody, especially a guy as young as he is, with his height and his speed, uh, his leaping ability, he put up some pretty big numbers at his pro day. Everybody says he's raw, but you never know on these kind of guys, right? We we got to grab these guys when we can. Yeah, especially in those deeper leagues you talked about. You know, we always all have these 30, 30 plus man roster spot leagues. Um, I, I will say I'm tempering expectations a little bit. Not that we shouldn't try to pick him up in those leagues. Like you said, it's hard to find anyone in those leagues. But he was still, even though he got eight targets, got six of them for 82 yards, he was still fourth on the team in targets this week. And I do think a lot of that, like Ryan mentioned, is because Richard Higgins has been hurt. So um, he's going to be playing. He's, he's going to have an opportunity to show what he can do. So, and, and, and like Adam mentioned, his upcoming schedule is amazing. And I wish I had it pulled up right now, but I was looking at it earlier today. He's got Atlanta, I think Tampa Bay in there too, um, which are two of the worst teams against the pass right now. Um, so he's definitely got the opportunity to step it up. Callaway has been a favorite of ours through this entire process process but he out targeted Ratley but did a lot less with it and really really Callaway had that one what was it like 47 yard touchdown pass from Tyrod in the end zone that was beautiful but other than that we really haven't seen a lot of production coming from all of his targets so let's uh let's move on Dan to your next guy Chris Herndon two for two for 46 yards and a touchdown yeah Herndon he's pretty much a stash guy for all us dynasty guys. I know Ryan and I have a couple teams together. He was a guy we were looking at as $1 ads at the end of the startups and, and things like that. So dynasty owners weren't investing a whole lot. I'm interested because at the end of the, my article, I kind of concluded that he hasn't really gone up or gone down. It was nice to see that he was involved. But if you watch that game, if you saw the Jets game, the touchdown pass that he caught was kind of on a a little bit of a design play, really well-designed, actually. They faked a screen with two tight ends, split to the left with a wide receiver behind him, faked the screen to the wide receiver. The two tight ends faked as if they were going to block and then release down the field. Herndon caught the pass and just ran it into the end zone. It didn't show any special skills or anything like that. So... Matt Herndon really hasn't gained any any value. He hasn't lost any value, but he was a fourth or even fifth round pick in a lot of dynasty rookie drafts. So he's just a stash for for those of us in twenty five man leagues, right? Yeah, you would you would think that he might have more of an opportunity with the the talent dearth and really in the receiving game for for the Jets there. But he's a rookie. We know what rookie tight ends generally do. So, uh, like you said, he's a stash. But I think he's definitely a high upside one. You know, if he can develop, there's definitely a role for him there in that offense. Ryan, you and I have talked about Herndon many times, and and he's always a guy on the list. Has he moved for you? Uh, probably not. Probably not yet. Um... I was kind of hoping he would be a little more involved. Matt talked about the the depth chart there in, in New York, and, and it is ugly at tight end. We know they haven't really used their tight end much at all over the past few years, with the exception of ASJ a year ago. But, I mean, overall their pass-catching depth chart is, is pretty gross, but they have eight guys that are all about the same. So they all kind of cancel each other out. They may not have that, that superstar receiver or tight end, but – uh, I think that's kind of what's going on. Herndon is is just one of those guys. There's probably going to be a game this year where he leads them in in receiving, and um, yeah, he's he's still just a stash at this point, especially um, maybe more of a priority stash in tight end premium leagues. Yeah, and I think he becomes a little bit more of a priority 
as things move on, we you know we all play in leagues with IR spots, so that opens up space. If, if you get that space and you're looking for that upside guy, Adam, I, I, I really think that he, he has a little bit of potential and he's worth looking at, right? Uh, I So he and I uh, have, have something in common. We're both University of Miami guys. Oh, okay. I watched him uh, for four years. And love him, you know. He he was one of those guys that they called the, like the best player on the offense because he knew all the assignments and he was just like that kind of leader guy. But I don't think he's much of an NFL pass catching tight end. I think he's kind of one of those, uh, you know, mid round draft tight ends that blocks that catches some passes here and there. He's not spectacular in any way. Um, I, I had no interest in Chris Herndon. Uh, in dynasty leagues and look that's not mean i'm right you know because you, you watch a guy amount you think you know you, you really don't but compare him to david njoku right because they were tight ends on the same team they played a two tight end set those two njoku jumps out of the building he's a freak athlete hernan's just kind of like a guy that's going to stick around in the nfl for a while i don't think he will ever be a, a must start tight end and yeah his, his his touchdown like you said it didn't really show uh anything special however they got a Nunwa out like three to four weeks. Terrell Pryor's banged up, so there's an opportunity for him right now. But he's not—he's not a guy that I think has a lot of long-term potential as a must-start tight end. And 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 besides, you know, their other tight end, Quincy Anuwan, is is hurt, so we're, <laughs> he might he might have an opportunity. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> All right, we're gonna we're gonna skip down to uh, we're gonna skip a couple of segments that we normally do on this show. Uh, we're gonna do uh, some ADP twins in October. Uh, the Dynasty ADP that Ryan McDowell curates every month for us. Uh, we've got some some new data here, so I wanted to put out a couple of these ones and see which one you guys prefer. Adam, we'll start with you at the very top. Uh, coming in at fi- an ADP of 5.25, we have Michael Thomas and Saquon Barkley at the exact same ADP. Who are you taking long-term in Dynasty between these two monsters? Oh, please. This is easy, man. I would take Barkley over everyone. This guy is special. I cannot believe how good he is, especially in PPR. Oh, he's on pace for like 106 catches or something. He probably won't get there. But uh, he is a unique talent. He's as good as the hype. Uh, he is the number. If I'm doing a Dynasty draft today, Saquon Barkley is the number one pick. Easy. Yep, I totally agree. Uh, I, I think there's maybe a little bit of conversation if you're talking 101, if you want uh, Barkley versus Gurley. But Barkley versus Thomas at the five spot, not not even a question. Give me Saquon. Yeah, and I want Saquon too. I, actually, I'm surprised when I saw that on our agenda here, I, I went and double-checked to make sure that he didn't move up even higher because it, it seems a tad low, and, and that's rare all the ageists out there doing these mocks for us, typically those guys jump up even faster than we anticipate. I, I'm surprised Saquon's down as low as he is. This one's really tough for me. I, I know we all – well, I don't know about you, Adam, but at least Ryan and, and Dan and myself typically lean towards the wide receiver. Michael Thomas has been so good uh, in, in, in most of his action this year. Um but the the scarcity at the running back position does push me to Saquon a little bit. But I could not argue with anybody that wanted Michael Thomas there. We do, we have all of these like like wide receiver after say like the top twenty twenty four. So just seems so flat in production wise. So I do think that these elite wide receivers are a little bit more scarce than we think they are. Um, but yeah, Saquon it's it's got to be that guy. Let's go to the next time next next guy. We'll uh, we'll we'll start with you, Dan. At seventeen point five, these guys are tied. Juju. 
Smith-Schuster, and Joe Mixon. You guys might be surprised to hear it, but I thought this was the toughest one of the of the four or five that you listed for me. I love Juju Smith-Schuster, but Joe Mixon has impressed me to start this season. He seems trim and and athletic and you know all the things that we like about running backs. That all said, he still plays in Cincinnati and that stigma of the Bengals just hangs over his head for me. I love Joe Mixon and and want him on every dynasty team I have, but if it's a straight up deal, I'm taking Juju. I want the youth and the wide receiver and his athleticism and his spunk and spontaneity and all the things that that he has on the field. It, it's he's fun to root for and I, I love watching him play football. So it's close for me, a lot closer than it was a month ago, that's for sure, or at least six weeks ago, but I'm taking Juju. Yep, I'm taking Juju as well, no surprise. Um he's he's filling the, the void left by Amari Cooper here for me. <laughs> <laughs> anything for juju that's right and he and he's not letting me down just hashtag just you that's right <laughs> you got it um yeah, it, it is close you know I, I don't want to knock Mixon. he's been impressive uh especially coming back from that injury and and putting up some some pretty good numbers uh but yeah dynasty juju easy i'll i'll go with Mixon. uh i think i'm more of a running back guy than than a wide receiver guy. That's not a blanket statement. Uh, and the truth is, you know, you're right about it is a little bit scarce with those elite wide receivers for sure because there have been so many first-round busts at wide receiver in recent drafts, really since the Beckham draft. Now, Michael Thomas, Juju Smith-Schuster, they were not first-round picks, but really we haven't had a great influx of young wide receivers, whereas I think we have with running back. I'll take, uh, I'll take Joe Mixon. I think he's special. I think he's a workhorse. Uh, you guys might know this. Is Gio a free agent after this year? He is, yes. Yeah, so I think that helps Mixon's outlook. And I want to know what happens with Juju Smith-Schuster if he's ever a number one wide receiver. You know, it's, it's easier. May, maybe it's easier to put up numbers when Antonio Brown is across the field. Also, how much longer is Ben Roethlisberger going to play? He talks about retirement every week. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, it's not an easy call for me like the Barkley one was, but I, I would take Mixon. Yeah, this one's close, but let's pretend that we started out with these picks. Uh, we got Barkley at, say, the five or six spot. The ADP for Juju here is literally one round later. So if I could start out my draft Saquon and Juju, I'm pretty happy with that, with my core going forward. Um, and, and honestly, the next two guys are, are basically a tie with, with Juju and Joe Mixon here. Keenan Allen and Lev Bell at 18 overall. So, I mean, you could really lump all four of those together. But just for the sake of this exercise, Adam, uh, Keenan Allen or Lev Bell? Well, I'm a, I'm a little worried about Le'Veon Bell. I mean, the guy's, like, he's got to feed his family. And, and $14 million just it doesn't cut it these days, you know. So, uh, um, Keenan Allen or Le'Veon Bell, man, that's interesting. I guess I'd have to go Keenan Allen. Uh, Bell might be on the back nine here. Don't know where he's going to be next year. Um, I think – I think I'd take Keenan Allen. It, it is a, a little disappointing with him because I feel like Keenan Allen is a guy who's going to have trouble finding the end zone. But he's a terrific player, and I, I'll go with the receiver here. And I think the – and Adam mentioned it there – the instability, the un, the unknowns attached to Le'Veon Bell are what make me slide over the Keenan Allen side as well. Just not knowing where he's going to play, not knowing when he's going to come back exactly. Those, those question marks surrounding him are not good – the feelings I want when I'm investing a high draft pick in, in anybody. So – I'll, I'll sidestep Le'Veon Bell where, where I have the chance, and, and I'll easily take Keenan Allen. 
Yeah, I'm, I was actually really surprised to see that these two guys did have the same ADP. Uh, can't can't believe that Bell is still carrying that type of value. I don't think he's carrying that type of trade value uh, in in existing leagues. I really expected him to fall out of the top two rounds, though. Uh, for me, this is Allen pretty easily, and this is kind of hard to say, but I think even if Bell were were playing and and basically doing uh, playing up to the level that we've seen him in, in recent years, I think I would still prefer Allen just based mm-hmm. on the wide receiver versus running back and and Bell's usage and, and you know lots of unknowns about him. I think you're forgetting how good Bell was when, when he was with, when he was there and playing, Ryan. That I think. Remember when we were doing the rookie redraft series this summer, you guys? I think we actually had this exact conversation. I took Allen over Bell then, and I'm going to go ahead and take Allen over him again now. I mean, Bell was supposed to report this week, right? And now he's not reporting this week. Uh, hopefully he reports next week. Otherwise, I think we're going to hit that week 10 mark, which is what we originally thought. So this is no contest for me. But since we're here, guys, let's play a little little game. I want to see where we would actually be willing to take Le'Veon Bell here. So uh, he is 18. Um Tied with uh, tied with Keenan Allen there, but overall, if you're if you're ranking them to- in total, he he's 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 running he's a uh, 20th overall. So let's let's just drop down a few on this names on this list here, uh, and and if you if you think that you would take Le'Veon Bell over any of these guys, shout it out. So I'll just I'll just keep reading names. Stephon Diggs, I assume we're all Diggs. Yeah, yeah. Kareem Hunt, Dalvin Cook, Adam Thielen, Jarvis Landry. Bell, taking Bell there. Yeah, so that, that twenty-four, twenty-five line is yeah. Is where I'm we taking have Bell over Jarvis Landry, and I, I I had a hard hard time with those last couple as well. There's there's a couple of days below that that I that I'm a little bit shocked by. Honestly, AJ Green is next after that, and I would I think I'd rather have him than Landry right now. Brandon Cooks. Um, so, but I think we're right in that range. Mid twenties is where we'd be more comfortable with Bell sitting in that middle of that second round. Probably not so much. So once we get to the the later end of the second round, early third, then maybe we're willing to go ahead and grab Bell there. Yeah. Where's Connor going? What's what's James? That's, yeah, that's value. exactly what I was going to say. I think that's the interesting conversation at this point. So Bell, thirty-two. Bell is twentieth overall. He's twenty-six years old. We don't know when he's playing this year. We don't know where he's playing next year. Connor, 32 overall, 23 years old. And I think I saw somebody, I don't want to quote this directly, but I think I saw someone say his six-game stretch that he's put together to start the season is essentially as good as as Bell. Maybe it was Bell's first six games a year ago. Maybe that was the number. But regardless, it, it matched up pretty well with Bell's production. I'm not sure I buy uh, James Connor long-term. I think that right now being the running back for the Pittsburgh Steelers and and in Le'Veon Bell's career, it has been almost as good of a situation as you could ask for. It's kind of like what Todd Gurley has right now. It's a great offense. As a veteran quarterback, unlike Gurley, um, it's got a great offensive line. You know, at times a great offensive line, but certainly not one of those lines that's a liability and a ton of work. But I don't think Connor is anything like Le'Veon Bell. I don't think anybody does think that. You know, he's not that kind of player. And eventually, something's going to fall apart for the Steelers. The line won't be as good. Roethlisberger will start aging. I just don't see, like, 
three, maybe one more good year. But I also think they're going to bring someone in. I, I just don't know that they turn it over to James Conner and he steps in and becomes the next Le'Veon Bell. 30 seems pretty reasonable if that was his ADP. Um, but I, would, I think I'd be looking to sell James Conner if people are just assuming that he is, that beginning in 2019, he is the next 75% of Le'Veon Bell. I just, I don't really see it with him. I think we need to go back and look at that stat and find out exactly what it is, Ryan, because his weeks two, three, and four were not very good. He had 17 yards on the ground in week two, 61 in week three, and only 19 in week four. Um, and, and Tampa and Baltimore have had good run defenses, but Kansas City has definitely been run on. Hey, but um, and Le'Veon so. Bell wasn't so great at the beginning of last year because he was a training camp holdout. Yeah. He got off to, by his standards, somewhat of a slow start. So in terms of just fantasy points, it might be true. Yeah. Um, but like he's not. numbers. Yeah, he's not the player. I, I think the only thing that we can assume at this point is that as long as Connor is there and Bell is not there, Connor is going to get the same workload Bell would have gotten, at least through the end of the 28 season. Right. Health needs to be put into that equation as well. So that's, that's not really saying that much. I, I don't think anybody's assuming that Connor is Le'Veon Bell 2.0. I, I don't think there's anybody out there saying that, that they're the same guy and he's going to, in the same situation, put up the same kind of numbers. Um, but that workload is enticing for dynasty owners. Any running back that's getting that kind of work is very, very valuable. I mean, and Pittsburgh has just kind of been like the cheat code for running back anyway, going back to even uh, D'Angelo uh, Williams there. So it just seems like any back that they put – with that offense is going to do pretty well. Yeah, I've, so, I've, um, not the, sorry, Matt, I've, I've got yeah. it here. So yeah. it, it was comparing Bell's first six games in 2017, Connor's first six games this year. Essentially, <laughs> Bell had 100 more rushing yards. Connor had 100 more receiving yards. Uh, total wow. I would not total scrimmage that. yards. Uh, Connor's at 710. Bell was at 706. Connor has seven touchdowns. Bell has four. But I, I do think it's worth pointing out as as you already did that bell was coming off that holdout and and we know things uh things got even better for him i'm not sure we're confident in saying that's going to be the case for for connor I, I think the most exciting thing about connor is that we we all thought that he couldn't catch and he's shown that he clearly can catch the ball pretty well uh this season so let's throw out one more here guys before we get out of here i'm gonna go to uh, coming in at, at 39th overall these guys are tied Corey Davis and Darius Geis, Ryan. Who do you want out of these two? Mm, this, uh, Dan said the other, the, the Juju was the closest. I think this is the closest one. I almost always lean wide receiver, but I, I think I'm going with Darius Geis. Um, we, we know about the injury. He's still essentially being valued as the 1.02, 1.03 among the rookies. I mean, that Titans offense is, is bad. And, Oof. Horrible. I mean, Davis is young. He's a wide receiver. I'm not. I'm not sure how long it takes to turn that around. They have a. They have a first year coach. Some of these teams that that are really struggling, we can look and think they're probably going to have a new coach next year, and and maybe they'll get a new quarterback. Quarterback. I don't think the quarterback or the coaching staff is going to change in 2019. So now you're looking at uh, essentially a couple of wasted years for Corey Davis. I'm going guys. Yeah, I'm going Geis, too, for all those reasons that you said. I, I have no confidence in Marcus Mariota to take any wide receiver to the next level. Uh, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm as down as, on Mariota as I can be, and that's going to spill over to Davis. 
I, and like Ryan said, if, if, unless there's a change in the coaching staff or some kind of change in the talent or, or the quarterback, the, nothing's going to change for Corey Davis. And, yeah, he might have those big games like we saw in the playoffs last year. And, and he's had some – you know, he's looked good at times this year, I guess, and in spurts. Uh, I, I don't have any confidence. So, and, and not that I should with Geis, but everything I was excited about with Geis before the injury, I'm still excited about going into his second year. So, so I'll go with the yep. rookie as well. I'll go with Geis as well. I, I just don't get it with the Titans. This actually looked like it was going to be an offense that could break out. How did they give up 11 sacks on Sunday? <laughs> They're supposed to have a good offensive line. Like, good <laughs> offensive line bringing over Matt LaFleur from the best offense in football, Mario to kind of maybe coming into his own. He's not he, I didn't think he was a bad quarterback, but yeah, I got serious doubts about them. And uh yeah, yeah, I I I've, we talked about Corey Davis today a lot on our podcast just about can you drop him in a seasonal league? You're obviously not dropping him in a dynasty league. Uh, I don't know that he's had a, a fair shake that we've really seen his talent, but I also think he might end up being another bust. So, uh you got I got to go with guys here. Yeah, I'll, I'll stick with guys too. Davis, I, I think he is an alpha receiver, but I mean, when Mariota looked better in Exotic Smash Mouth than he did in this new system, I mean, <laughs> that says all you need to know about this system. Maybe it's a it's it's a case where he needs a, a year to, to get seasoned in it. You know, when even when uh, Kyle Shanahan came to Atlanta, his first year was pretty rough there. So, so maybe it gets better in year two, but I am not super confident about that. And that makes me not really want Corey Davis right now. Uh, at least at his current price tag. So I'll take Geist there. I think that's going to wrap it up for this show, fellas. Adam, any closing thoughts here about uh, Dynasty or CBS or really anything else Dynasty you want to put out there? CBS is great. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and you guys are awesome. Thank you very much for having me on. It was a lot of fun. Thank you so much, Adam, for my friends, Ryan, Dan, and my new friend, Adam. I'm Matt Price. You can follow the podcast at DLF Podcast. Follow Adam at Adam Iser. Follow Ryan at RyanMC23. Follow Dan at DMiler22. And you can follow me at Matt Price FF. We'll talk to you guys next week. <laughs> <laughs>